Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. last few weeks we've been in a a series about the presence of the Lord. One message was from desire to presence, from his presence to keeping his presence, desire to fire of his presence, and also talking about his ultimate presence. So this morning we want to talk about his unending presence. And I submitted this even last week as we got into a different season of prayer. We need the presence of the Lord when we come into this house. That's what we come to desire. And he desires to meet with us every time we come together. Every time that we come into the house of the Lord, he meets with us. But he doesn't want to just meet you here. He wants to meet you at home. He wants to meet you in your, in your prayer closet. And, but when we come together as a body of believers, as a as Christians together, he has a purpose. We come hungry before him. We come thirsty before him. I want to hear what God has to speak every time we come together. It's not just a Sunday as usual, but there's a time he, when we set this aside on Sunday morning that he wants to be here with us as he responds to our worship. And I thank the Lord that we're able to press in in worship. But his presence is not going to be contained only on a Sunday morning in 2023. His presence is unending because God will never die. He will never perish. His presence is always been and will always be. And those who call on the name of the Lord will be in his unending presence. And that's what I want to look at this morning. I'm going to take you back to the book of Revelation again. And this, today we're going to look at Revelation chapter 8. This is not a series on the book of Revelation and the end times. We could spend time doing that, but the Lord's led me as we've been talking about the presence of the Lord to take a couple of scenes out of Revelation to use to show his presence. In particular this morning, his unending presence that we're going to be a part of for eternity. Amen? So in this scene in in chapter 8 that's broken down for us, I, I want you to have this thought if you're Filling out an outline, if you have that uh, uh, in the top right hand of this screen, usually there's a, a, there's a phrase that goes with the, the, the bullet points that's on your outline. I'm trying to keep it simple that way. But think about this, the all in his presence. Looking at verse 1 of chapter 8, it says, When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. This seventh seal, and we're not talking about all the, all the seals and all the trumpets this morning, but there's seven seals. The seventh seal, which precludes the, the, seven, the seven trumpets, when this seventh seal was opened, there's silence. There was an awe in heaven. 
about what they just saw at the opening of the, uh, of the six seals and what they're about to see in the opening or the blowing of the seven trumpets. There, there's an awe in heaven about what God has done and what God is about to do that the response in heaven is nothing but silence and the holy reverence of God. That's got to be some time when, we, when you're standing in the presence of the Lord. And, and there's times that we've been in the presence of the Lord and our response has been shouting and, and some of your response has been crying and, and some of your response has just been, been sitting, just waiting, and, and you didn't know what to do. And, and there's times that we're like that. Sometimes we, we find our place in a silence. But how marvelous it must have been it's going to be in heaven when this happens. How, how great of a, a scene this is going to be when, when God opens this, this other seal, the seventh seal begins to the seven trumpets that all of heaven is so struck in awe that they can't respond. This is in heaven where you're hearing them shout out holy, holy to one another. But when this begins to happen, it's such an awe that they can't do anything but respond in silence. Last week or two weeks ago, we looked at chapter five for just a moment and we talked about he is worthy. In this scene, we in verse 5 of Revelation 5, it says, One of the elders said to me, Do not weep. It's talking to John, the, the revelator, who's writing the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the, the this book of Revelation for us. Do not weep. Behold, the lion as of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. The open the, the scroll and loose its seven seals. Because right before that, the, the question was, Who is worthy to open the seals? No one can open the seals. No one is found worthy. But then we find out Jesus, the, the Holy Lamb of God, the the, the line of the tribe of Judah, he is worthy to open the seal. This is what's setting the scene that brings a silence in heaven. And we begin to declare here that he is worthy. Behold the line of the tribe of Judah. He is worthy. Go ahead and say it one more time with him. We can't do that enough. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy, O oh God. Hallelujah. So I share that again so you can have a little bit of the context as we go back into chapter 8. Because that was in chapter 5. If you look at chapter 6, you see the, the seals are being opened. Uh, uh, the first seal, there's a, there's a conqueror that, that is conquering. And, and we see that, that in these seals that there's people being, being killed. There's, uh, there's things that's that taking place uh, that, uh, that's bringing judgment. And, and there's death in, in some of those seals. But it even magnifies more when the trumpets are being sounded. And, and I'm, not, I'm not unpacking all the uh, revelation, but I want you to get this. Uh, we're protected by the rapture of the church. We're protected by the hand of God. I believe God is rapturing the church. That those who are looking and waiting for Jesus Christ, those who have given their life to him, we're not going to be, we're not going to go through this tribulation. But we have to understand this is going to take place. But the great thing that we're going to experience is that we're going to be in the awe of the presence of the Lord. We're going to be in his very presence in heaven for eternity. And that should do something for us here on earth. It should determine how we live right now because of where we're going and what our destiny is. Verse 2 is goes on in this passage. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel having a golden censer. Now, I really want you to see the things that's happening in verse 3. And an angel having a golden censer. He came and stood at the altar in front of the, the throne room of God, and he was given much incense that he should offer it not by itself, not in this, this incense of this sweet aroma to God, but he offered it with the prayers of the saints. Your prayers matter. 
And these are not just prayers of woe is me or help me, Lord. These are prayers of magnifying God and, and also prayers of, Lord, uh, uh, we see all this evil around, but we know that you are righteous. Uh, help us as a people of God to, to live holy and righteous uh, for you while we're here on earth so those can turn away from evil because evil is everywhere and, and there's going to be a day of judgment. How many knows that there's going to be a day of judgment? And so when we see people who are living in sin, our hearts should be broken for them. We shouldn't be judging them and getting mad. We should, Lord, help us find a way. Let their heart be changed. Because if they don't change, someone say that, if they don't change, that's why there's got to be an urgency. And again, I commend Sister Tammy for sharing the testimony last week. There's an urgency, and she gave us this, this exhortation. If God's put on your heart an urgency to pray for someone, you need to stop right then and begin to pray because you don't know how much time that person has left on this earth, and, and God is trying to do something to get a hold of them because we're not just talking about a temporal thing. We're talking about eternity. And so, Lord, you want to speak through us and use us to reach the lives of those who have not called on your name. We have to be sensitive to what's happening. And it's so easy to get caught up in the day that we're in and times that we're in and the busyness of life right now. We have our jobs and we have our families. We have all the things that go around. But we cannot forget that what we're experiencing right now is just temporary in the scene of eternity. Eternity's waiting for us. And how we live right now will determine if we make it to heaven. This needs to be on our mind that, that what I'm facing right now is temporary, but i got to realize I'm here for a greater purpose. I'm here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone who doesn't know him. So he's given this incense that is going to be offered up with the prayers of all the saints. The prayers of the saints are so important. That's why we need to begin to pray, Lord, help us learn how to pray your will, not our will be done. Because I realize how heavy and, and how important prayer is. Help us pray for the, the right things, uh, not just to have prayers uh, of selfishness and, and just petitions. But Lord, help us have prayers of, of intercession for those who are, who are dying, those who are sick, those who need a, a healing touch uh, uh, from you that they may testify of the goodness of God. See, it always goes back to the goodness of God. It always goes back to give us a reason to praise God. When, when someone is healed of sick, we celebrate that they're no longer facing that pain. But the healing should turn into a witness. Uh, God, heal me. Isn't that what Jesus uh, uh, did to, to those? Uh, he would say, go and show yourself to the priest. Let him know that you've been whole. Go and tell. Uh, and there, I know there are some times that Jesus said, don't tell some people. Uh, that's because he wasn't ready to show who he was yet. Uh, but there was always people, when they were healed, they would testify, it's Jesus. Uh, it's Jesus who touched me me and is the same Jesus that touching us today I still believe in his healing touch I believe that these names that we've been lifting up this morning that that there's going to be good reports from these today so these prayers are being coupled with the incense that's a sweet fragrance before the throne room of God He's taking these prayers together of the saints uh, and he's putting them on the golden altar which stands before the throne in verse 4 it says, And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saint ascended before God from the angels' hands. How important this is. The prayers that we cry out before the Lord. The prayers of declaring how great and how wonderful he is. 
God deserves praise, right? Uh, how do you want to direct your prayers? Uh, even Jesus says this is how you begin to pray. Before he gets to anything else, he says, hallowed be your name. The beginning of Jesus' prayer when he's teaching disciples is we are to honor our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. This is what, this is what uh, moves the heart of God is when we, get, we, when we declare how great he is. That, that's why I love these songs we sang this morning. What a, what a powerful name it is. Uh, uh, there's no rival at the name of Jesus. Uh, there's no equal with the name of Jesus. Uh, we have to declare who Jesus is. Uh, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we worship you and we declare how great you are. Yes. That's what ushers in the, the presence of the Lord. How many loves being in the presence of God? And it takes time to get into that place where we say we, we feel like there's been a, a shift in, a, in the atmosphere, that we're in the, we're in the throne room uh, as best we can. We know we're not there yet, but the, that we begin to have a, a taste of heaven. Lord, we thank you, but it comes through the through the sounds of our praises. It doesn't always have to be loud. It doesn't always have to be boisterous. It can be quiet, but God deserves the praise. And this is a scene that we're seeing in heaven. I, I want to do here, let your will be done in, on earth as it is in heaven. What's being done in heaven right now is the praises of, of God, and so I want his will to be done here, and we're going to enter into praise, and we see this scene that, that this smoke, this incense with the prayers of God, uh, the saints, they ascend before God. How many want your prayers uh, to make it to the throne room of God, uh, into, the, into the, the very place where God sits, uh, and that he'll receive those things? Lord, receive our praises today. Receive our prayers, O oh Lord. As we pray for these ones who are sick, I, I want God, I, I say that every time you hear, you know that God hears us, but I want him not just to hear, I want him to receive his request because we're praying with a pure heart. Uh, we're, playing, we're praying with a, a holy heart, a, a righteous heart bent before him, uh, surrendered before him. Uh, I honor you, O oh God, and I know we can come with confidence, but here's what's happening in the end times. Uh, at the end of the ages, right before, uh, uh, right before everything ends, uh, we see there's this scene where the, where the prayers of the saints, uh, the ones who are calling on the, the holiness of God and the righteousness of God, along with sweet incense, uh, it's brought before the throne room. Look at verse 5. Then the angel took the censer, the censer that was filled with this incense, uh, that was burning the sweet incense, uh, the sweet fragrance. Uh, the angel took this uh, and he began to fill it from the fire from the altar. This is a powerful scene. This is, we, we have to understand the, the, the holiness of God, the, the altar that be, is before God, the uh, an altar that there's fire there, purification, fire, fervency, the presence of the Lord burning away unrighteousness. There's no unrighteousness in heaven. It's nothing but the holiness of God, uh, the righteousness of God. These are words that we have to get used to and we need to hold on to, cling to them because God wants us to be holy and righteous people and we see his throne room. That's all we see is the fervency, the fire, the holy presence of God. It burns up everything that is not righteous or holy. And he takes this fire from the altar. He puts it in this, this, uh, this censer that was filled before with smoke of praise. Uh, now it's being filled with the fire, the holy fire from the altar before the presence of the holy God. And the angel takes this uh, and they throw it to earth. And from there the noise and thunderings and lightnings and earthquakes begin to happen. 
Judgment begins to fall on the face of the earth. This proclaims the, the, the sounding of the seven trumpets. And if you begin to look at the seven trumpets, we know that the waters are, are, are struck. We understand that the vegetation is struck. The oceans are struck. The heavens are struck. If you see each one of these trumpets, death takes place. Men start killing men. And we also see that angels are released out of the rivers Euphrates. And a third of the population of earth is killed. Some heavy stuff going on. That's why we can't take this walk with the Lord lightly. We have to understand the seriousness of eternity. Because there's only two choices. There's only two places. Either we're going to be in heaven or we're going to be in hell. I believe we're going to be in heaven because we called on the name of the Lord. Amen. Anybody with me this morning and you celebrate that today, you have to have that confidence. If you're walking, watching online, you have to have the confidence that God wants you with him in heaven for eternity. He wants that for us. But it came with the price. It came with the price of Calvary. The blood of Jesus Christ. So when we look at the scene of heaven... In the end time, we can't help but think about the cross because it was a cross that bridged the gap from us to, to go from the, the destiny of hell back to the destiny of heaven. Amen. It was, a, it was the cross that gave us the, the right to now we can stand before him as righteous and holy. It's the cross, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. And if we believe that he died and rose on, on the cross, how many believes that story? You read it in the Bible, you believe that, then we have to believe this scene in heaven is going to take place too. We have to believe that everything that was written will come to pass. So Lord, this, these are heavy messages when we think about the presence of the Lord. Because we're not just thinking about us basking in your presence right here where we get the, the goosebumps and we feel good and, and we're just expressing praise and it feels good to be in that, that worship atmosphere and, and we're, we're all excited about this. We're talking about the unending presence of God for eternity and there's only one way to get there. It's not about singing a song. It's not about saying a prayer. It's not about giving money. It's about surrendering our lives to him and understanding the price that he paid for us and receiving that gift fully. And then living for him until his return. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared them to sound. And I said we couldn't stay in. I'm not here unpacking all the book of Revelation. So we're going to take a big jump from chapter 8 all the way to chapter 21. Are you ready? There's a lot of stuff that's happening there. But I want you to see what's happening for us for eternity. There's this unending presence Listen, there's comfort for those who honor his presence. There's comfort for those. There's comfort for us right now if we honor the presence of the Lord because of the hope that is before us. No matter what you're facing right now here on earth, no matter what you've gone through and what you're battling right now, it even may be physical, well, no matter what, we still believe in the, in the healing power of God. We're going to hold on to that. But no matter what you're going through, have this comfort today that if you will honor God, that there is going to be a place for you, and this should comfort you because he is going to bless you. He wants to touch you here, but eternity is what it's about. So there's comfort for those who honor his presence. So let me take the next few verses and, and explain how 
this means. This is uh, John writing again. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth and the first, first heaven, first earth, they pass away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with me, and he will dwell with them. Are, are you getting this picture? God is with us. He will dwell with them. They shall be his people. Are you, are you being covered this morning that we are the people of God? He's got his arms wrapped around us. He has his hands holding on to us. He's not going to let us go. I have comfort this morning knowing that I am his. God himself will be with them and be their God. Here he'll bring comfort. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There should be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Everything that we know here, everything that we experience that brings us pain will be taken away. Pain entered into this world because of sin of Adam and Eve. And that's what we've talked about from the beginning of this series on the presence of God. Because of sin, they were separated from that holy presence of, of God. And God has been doing all he can to restore that by sending his son. And the enemy is trying to fight people from receiving and being able to receive that gift to be in his presence again. It's an unending battle, but there will come an end to the battle. And those who've called on the name of the Lord and those who've stayed faithful and true to God, he will wipe away your tears. He will wipe them from your eyes. You're not going to experience death anymore. You're not going to experience sorrow. You're not going to experience crying. You're not going to experience pain because all those things have been passed away. All those things are over. There's not going to be anything for us in heaven but to be in his glory and sing his praises and be with him for eternity. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. And he told John, Write these, for the words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirst. Again, it's on us. Are you thirsty for him? Are you thirsty for him? This is a, this is a comfort. He will, he will bless us. Blessed are those who thirst after righteousness. So they will be filled. In the end time when we're in heaven, he's going to give us the, the water of life freely to those who thirst. Lord, I'm thirsty for you right now. Is anybody thirsty for God? Go ahead and cry that out in a prayer right now. Lord, I'm thirsty for you. I'm hungry for you. These are the prayers that are being collected right now in those golden bowls. Lord, I want more of you, oh God, because you're worthy, you're holy, you're righteous, oh Lord. He gives us promise he who overcomes shall inherit all things then i will be his god and he shall be my son but look at verse eight there's punishment for those who dishonor his presence like how can they dishonor his presence when they're not going to be in heaven let me talk about those right now who dishonor his presence 
You can dishonor his presence because his presence is everywhere with us, right? He's omnipresence God. He, he's everywhere, and we dishonor him. And those are people who dishonor him uh, from this verse, the, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexual immoral, the sorcerers, adulterers, and all liars. Uh, they're going to have their place in, in the lake of fire. Those who dishonor his presence while you're here on, on earth, those, those who haven't surrendered uh, their heart to God who follow after you're dishonoring his presence because his presence is all around. You dishonor his presence when you're not living a, a righteous life. You, you dishonor his presence when you don't live holy. You dishonor his presence uh, when, when, you're, when you're cowardly about sharing who he really is, uh, when you deny him like Peter did, right? But Peter ended up getting a second chance, and he began to testify who Jesus was. But, but we can't be cowards uh, in the presence of the Lord. We can't be cowards about the gospel. We have to stand strong and firm and tell who he is. Yes. You dishonor his presence when you... When, when, and when I'm saying you, I'm not talking about you that is here in the room. I, I know you're getting your heart, but when, when, when that person is not, uh, who doesn't believe in God, they're dishonoring his presence. He's all around. When, when, when they begin to say, I don't know what created uh, uh, the heavens and earth, we know the answer to that, but say, like, it just had to be an accident. No, you're dishonoring the presence of God when you don't recognize his goodness and his greatness. You don't recognize his sovereignty and his providence and his power. We can't dishonor his presence, but there's comfort for those who honor his presence the ones who do there's going to be punishment eternal punishment that's why it's so important that we reverence the presence of God so let me break it down this way honor his presence it equals to being reverence and thirsty reverence to the presence of the Lord not just in a in a church service not just in a in a building but in our lives, everywhere we go, everything that we're doing. But reverence his presence, especially when we come together as a body of Christ. Reverencing who he is. Reverencing that he's among us. But it's not just in one location, it's everywhere. But it's also reverencing when we come together recognizing the Lord is speaking. That's why when, when the, when, in a lot of times in church service, when God begins to speak and, and maybe someone gives a, a message in tongues or, uh, or, or a, a word from the Lord that the, the rest of the room quiets down. You've been there. You've seen that, right? Uh, and it's the reverence. It's holy reverence for what God is saying. We have to reverence the, the house of the Lord. We have to reverence his presence. But with this uh, honor in his presence, is not just reverence, but it's being thirsty for him, being hungry for him. Because the opposite is this, dishonoring his presence is disregarding the holiness of his presence. In a, in a church service or in, a, in your walk outside this building, dis disregarding that God is here among us. Disregarding his sovereignty and what he's doing. Disregarding the, the move of the Holy Spirit. That's dishonoring him when we disregard what, what he's wanting to do. I want to I be submissive to who he is. I, I want to honor him. Dishonor is just being satisfied. Spiritually satisfied. I'm not hungry for him. And, and for those who, who are not following Christ, they're satisfied spiritually. They're, they're not hungry for a relationship with God. They, they've been satisfied with the things of this world. And so they dishonor his presence. Or they're satisfied with just the, the status quo of life. They're not seeking him. But God wants us to be thirsty for him. That thirst that doesn't end. 
Some of us have been following the Lord for, for many years, and I, I hope that your hunger and thirst for God is greater now than it was when you first started. So we should be getting more hungry as we're being more filled. I want more of you, Lord, as I draw closer to you, God. Help us, O oh God. So let's do the Bible. Are you ready? This week, read Revelation chapter 22. Focus on verses 6 through 17. Make this declaration. Lord, your eternal, unending presence in heaven awaits with rewards according to the good works of those who surrender their lives and deeds to you. And I want you to add this last line. I humbly surrender and submit to you, O Lord. I'll read it again. This week as you read this this passage, begin to declare to the Lord, Lord, your, your eternal, unending presence in heaven, it awaits with rewards. How many believe there's awards? There's, a, there's rewards in heaven. But the rewards are according to the good works of those who surrender their lives and their deeds to you. There's rewards in heaven, but it's according to the good works that we do here on earth. So when we begin to meditate on this, this should stir us. Because then our responsibility, I humbly surrender and submit to you, O Lord. This whole life that we're living has to be humbly submitted before him. We're not seeking the reward. We're seeking Jesus. We're seeking to be used by him and his will and plan for our life. We're, we're seeking to, to do what he's called us to do, to share the truth of the gospel. But out of doing that, he will reward us. So it's not about seeking the prize, but it's about running the race, knowing that there is a prize before us. Knowing that there is going to be rewards, but that's not my end goal. My end goal is I want to see Jesus. I want to be with him in heaven. I want to worship him. I'm going to, whatever. This is a scene in heaven we see too that the 24 elders, those who are crowned, they begin to cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus. They, they recognize we're not worthy of anything. We worship God alone. The angels in heaven don't even deserve the praise. In fact, they say you need to worship God. Can I show you that? Go with me to Revelation chapter 22, verse 6, looking at some of that passage. And then he said to me, these words are, this is the, the interaction with John in heaven. These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. It says, behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. Sounds like Revelation chapter 1 verse 3, right? At the very beginning, blessed is he who hears and reads this word and keeps, a, hears the prophecy of this book and keeps these things. And so at the beginning of this book, he says, blessed are those who hear this prophecy, who read this prophecy, who keeps this prophecy. And he ends it again at the end. Blessed is those who hear it and keeps this prophecy because I am coming quickly. How many believes that the return of the Lord is drawing near and near? We've got to be ready for his return. Verse 8 says, Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, the angel was telling him these things. 
says, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. He, John was in awe of the scene of heaven. The angel's given him some, some, some things that he hasn't heard before, and he begins to worship the angel. And this is what the angel says, see that you do not do that. Get up. I'm your fellow servant and your brethren, the prophets. I'm not going to go there very long, but this should show us something right here. We are not to worship angels. We worship God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The angels are ministering spirits. God sends them to help us, not worship them. Don't get your eyes on angels. Get your eyes on Jesus. Now, we've got to be careful because there's going to be angels that's going to be ministering that you may not even realize is happening because isn't that what Hebrews says? That, to, that to, when you entertain strangers, be aware that you may be entertaining angels unaware. But I can tell you when the Holy Spirit shows up, and the Holy Spirit begins to move in your life and moves in your heart and moves in, in a situation, you know, that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. Uh, I recognize this. Uh, I may not see what the angels are doing, but I can see the hand of God is moving right now. Uh, I can see the Holy Spirit is moving right now. Uh, and so I don't want uh, to dismiss angels, but I'm not going to magnify them above God. Uh, I'm here to worship God Almighty. Now, I thank the Lord for angels. How many feel like, hey, if it wasn't the hand of God, I, I could have been off in a ditch here. I've been saved here. I, I believe angels are, are doing things and protecting people there because they've been sent by God. So I'm not disclaiming that. I'm not dis disassociating that. I'm saying that we keep, it in, we keep it in balance. We keep it in check. I worship God Almighty. This is what he says. Worship God. Simple. Two words. Worship God. Let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, we worship you, God. We magnify you, Lord. Then the angel again, he says, don't seal the words of this prophecy of this book. What you've written down, it needs to be seen and read and understood. Don't seal this up because the time is at hand. He who is unjust, this is the angel of the Lord that is speaking now. He, and this is an interesting phrase that's going on here, just Understand here, he who's unjust, let him be unjust still. So that, that sounds like he's not wanting any room for change. Look where we're at. We're at the end times. We're at the, when everything is wrapping up. And God is, a, is pouring out wrath that these seven trumpets are causing devastation. I mean, a third of the earth. What Jesus is saying, I've had a church here on the earth. This is us, the body of Christ. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. We're supposed to be testifying right now and leading people to Christ. He says, when the church is taken away, I believe there's a rapture of the church before this takes place because this is what's happening. The Holy Spirit's no longer here on the earth convicting hearts. And so the angel recognizes those who are unjust, they're going to stay unjust. They're not going to change again. But if you want to see them change now, church, we need to be the light of Jesus Christ to this world. If you want to see lives change, we've got to live out our testimony because there's coming a time. There's coming a time when it's there, it's over. This is a prophecy of what's about to take place, but he's describing it in a way this is happening right now. So those who are unjust, they're going to stay unjust. Those who are filthy, let them be filthy still. They had their chance. Woe to us who's not sharing the gospel. Because there's people who are dying 
and on their way to hell. And the only way they're going to get to heaven is by hearing the truth of his word. And that comes through the, the priesthood of all saints, all of us called to testify. But then he says, who is righteous, let him be righteous still. If we're already claimed righteous, we're, going to, we're not going to have a chance in heaven to backslide. Aren't you glad for that? We're, we're not going to have a chance to, to go back. We're there. We're righteous. We stay righteous. He is holy. Stay holy. And then Jesus begins to speak again. He says, behold, I'm coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Sounds like our let's do the Bible. I got it right from here. He's going to reward those according to their works. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. As our praise team comes back this morning. These last several weeks, and we always talk about the presence of the Lord. We're always hungry for His presence. But it's not just here, it's other places that people are experiencing a freshness in His presence. Can anybody testify of that? They feel like they've been experiencing a freshness in His presence because there's a longing for His presence. And again, I went through the timeline just a little bit ago, and I'm not going to do that this morning, but you look about what's going around, the different movements, the different outpouring of revivals that's taking place in the young people, the movie, the Jesus Revolution, all that. This is not by accident. How many knows that God orders the steps of the righteous? And he has a way to coordinate that all together. In fact, I was with a, a, a pastor the other night, and they were just, I didn't even tell them what we were talking about. They began to share what they were preaching on. <laughs> and it wasn't the presence of God, but they were preaching on the presence of God. He, he was in Isaiah chapter, chapter 6 and talking about the holiness of heaven. I went back and listened to a little bit of the, of the message. And he says, the Lord's kind of starting. He says, like, for Easter, he goes, normally we go a certain direction. He goes, but I'm, I'm going into, like, the presence of the Lord for, for Easter. God is doing something. He wants us to be aware. This allness that we talk about. I want to be aware. I don't want to miss this. Don't want to miss what God is doing. As you stand to your feet this morning. I don't know where to take this this morning. I just want to be sensitive to him. But Lord, I know this one thing, as a body of believers, we desire your presence because we recognize, we realize, we declare heaven is real. All these things that we read in this book in Revelation, this unveiling of what's going to take place, the promises and rewards that you have for us, they're waiting there for us. But they're also there waiting for others who haven't given their heart to you yet. And that is the job, that is the calling of the church now. So your presence motivates us and moves us again to share your truth. I want to be with you in your presence, oh God. 
And until I can be there with you in heaven, I want to experience as much as I can here because that's what keeps me going. So what keeps me moving? Aren't you glad that God is not silent right now? Aren't you glad that he, he allows us to sense him? Everybody can probably describe it different ways. And I said goosebumps earlier. Sometimes people get goosebumps. Anybody ever got goosebumps in a, in a worship service? And aren't you glad that, that God is letting you know I am here with you? And there may be some others, and, and you'll never hear me say this. At least I'll try my best. But I've been in places where someone will make a statement. Well, if you don't feel God, something's wrong with you. That's hurtful. <laughs> so you're like, what's wrong with me? Because I've been there before. I've been where people have been around jumping and singing and shouting and crying. I'm like, what's, what's wrong with me? But God has a way. If we keep pressing in, he has a way of tearing down walls and hurts and pains, whatever it may be. He wants you to know right now that he loves you. That's why that song earlier was so important and so fitting how he loves us. So, Lord, we just surrender right now, this time. Lord, we prayed over healing for those who need a physical healing. There may be some in this room that need a spiritual healing. If you're here this morning, if you're watching online, if you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you need it restored. And you would sense right now if the rapture would take place this very moment or if something would take my life, I don't think I would go to heaven. You can walk out of this room with the surety that you can by making it right today. If you're here this morning and you need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, if you're here today say, I need Jesus to forgive me my sins, I need him right now, will you just raise your hand? Is there anyone in this room? Say, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. Thank you. Anyone else? As our praise team leads us back in worship, I'm going to invite you to come and stand right here. I'm going to pray with you this morning. I believe the Lord is going to do something in your life. If there's anyone else in this room that needs to come, just come. Will you lead us? Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Every man will bow down and say you are King. So let's
celebrate with Mike and Cindy right now. They just surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. We celebrate. We, we are proud of you, what you just did right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Now, will you stretch your hand this way? Because the enemy wants to try to get into their minds this week. And he's, we're not going to let him. Heavenly Father, we pray a covering over Mike and over Cindy right now. Lord, what they've done right now is that they have received the gift of eternal life. The enemy wants to tell them this wasn't real. This was real. Lord, their name is right now is being pinned in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, it won't be blotted out. It is written there by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, the enemy can't take their salvation. Lord, they've been saved by your grace, by the power of Jesus. Hallelujah. We pray a covering over them. So this week, as you're praying and fasting, you remember Mike and Cindy this week. You pray God continue to strengthen them. Amen. Lead us a little bit more. Hallelujah. Yes, the world will bow down and sing.